0: Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com.
1: Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida.
0: This is cruise Radio. cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. So, yeah, lots going on in the cruise news world. So, Stuart Cheer on the cruise guy, standing by with Cruise News in just a couple of seconds here. Also, we'll get a review of Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Sea. So, looking forward to that. Haven't heard about freedom in a long time, or actually, uh, any. Freedom Class ship in a while here on the show. Uh, a couple housekeeping things. First off, don't forget, Cruise Radio News. Search us on Facebook. It's our Facebook group. And join in on the cruise conversation. Also, follow us on Snapchat. Our username is Cruise Radio. Always snapping just random things, whether uh, going to the beach or going to the cruise pier watching the ships leave. Once again, that is Cruise Radio on Snapchat. All right, Stuart on the cruise guy, is here. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. So uh, cruise lines these days, you're always trying to outdo themselves with the next uh, G-Wiz feature as Gene Sloan from USA Today likes to say. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what Norwegian Cruise Line announced today for their China-based ship Norwegian Joy.
2: Well, this will be uh, the second ship designed for the Chinese market. It will be the third Breakaway Plus uh, class ship. Uh, it was supposed to be Norwegian Bliss um, but instead uh, it's going to be uh, Norwegian Joy. It will be you know, probably the same size as escape around 164, 600 tons. Uh, they said the guest capacity is going to be about uh, 3,900, which is uh, slightly smaller. It's about a few hundred 350 passengers uh, less than uh, the other ships. They announced some uh, you know some, some features that really are found on other cruise lines. Uh, they're going to have the uh, Galaxy Pavilion, and they're going to have a racing simulator, which is uh, similar to what MSC has on Davina. Um, they're going to have hovercraft, bumper cars. You know, as you know, bumper cars were, are found on three currently three other uh, Royal Caribbean ships. Do you not think that this
0: two-level competitive go kart track is cool or a big deal? I, I think it's going to be very cool because you're not really talking about it, and it's very. It looks awesome on the stern of the ship there.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting, and I guess the bigger question is, will that be on the Norwegian Bliss when it uh, arrives in 2018? Yeah, yeah, totally. And that um, laser tag, that's cool too, right? Uh, it's it look, it's, it's a very uh, interesting uh, you know stuff that uh, they're going to have. I think some people may think it's for the kids. Um, you know, we'll we'll see uh, how the the Chinese uh, uh, you know respond to it, and um, you know they're also going to have a tranquil open space. But yeah, Doug, I'd say the the virtual reality, the the race car track, is is a lot uh, different than uh, you know anything we've we've seen so far.
0: Well, we should remind everybody that uh, we shouldn't get too excited about this Norwegian joy because it's going to China and won't even come close to the U.S.
2: Yeah, so uh, I, I do appreciate you uh, talking about it for the last three minutes. <laughs> none of us are going to see it.
0: <laughs> hey, if if China's on your bucket list, why not, right? Uh exactly. so moving on here. Royal Caribbean is raising gratuities on May first, two thousand and sixteen. What kind of hike are we gonna see?
2: Well, it's uh gonna be about fifty-five cents per person per day. Uh this is like the third time in maybe a little over a year. And uh so the new I, I love when they say it's suggested amount. <laughs> Um, so the new, the new rate is going to be 1350 a day, which, uh, they, they claim is, uh, equal to what, uh, and, you know, NCL, uh, charges. Um, I don't know why we need to, you know, be at the same, you know, for the lines to be at the same level. And, uh, you know, we're not entirely sure who and what is covered. Um, but, uh, you know, traditionally it was your waiter, your busboy, your cabin steward. And, uh, you know, NCL will tell you that, uh, all the money that you intend to give to the crew uh, doesn't actually make it there. Um, there's other things that are disclosed in the passenger contract uh, like a uh, crew member welfare program, some training programs so uh, you know, it might be worthwhile for some people to think about uh, giving the gratuities directly to uh, the intended recipients uh, as long as uh, you know, they're saying that uh, these, these gratuity amounts are suggested. So, I mean, you know, right now, I guess when they, they call these uh, suggested amounts, uh, you know, I don't know what they'll do if you decide you want to go down if the service isn't that good or if you want to adjust it up if it is good or if you just prefer to give people the money directly. But, uh, I mean, these really are, are not gratuities. These are services.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I think, you know, at some point, it's it's kind of like, you know, the, you, know you, you can't call the Specialty restaurant fees nominal anymore. I mean, nominal was you know five to ten dollars, and you know now they're upwards to you know sixty, seventy-five, or even a hundred dollars a person, depending on the specialty restaurant that you're dining at. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you certainly can't you know say a seventy-five dollar per person is, is a nominal fee anymore. Yet. So you know, at what point do these gratuities, which really aren't gratuities but service fees?
0: Well, uh, if you don't prepay your gratuities by April fourteenth. 2016, uh, you'll be paying the 13.50 per person per day charge. That's the new rate. Currently, it's what 12.95, I guess.
2: Right. So okay. essentially, you know, on a seven-day equivalent, it's about three dollars and eighty-five cents more. Okay,
0: right, Moving on here, Carnival Cruise Line has Carnival Vista debuting in the Med on May first. They just detailed the brewery at sea that's going to be on board Carnival Vista. They say it's the first. Brewery at sea for a North American
2: ship. Doug when they, when they say it's the first craft brewery, it's not the first craft beer sold on a ship or being offered on a ship. This is going to be actually the first cruise ship that actually has its own brewery on board. So it's not like you know you're, they're, they're going to bring on you know barrels of, of beer to to the ship. I mean the beer is actually going to be made on board the ship. So you know, for for a lot of these craft beer enthusiasts, they'll be able to see the beer actually being brewed yeah. and and, cr- and created, which I think is really going to take uh, you know the, this this concept to another level. Um, the, uh, and the, the you know part of the reasoning is the Red Frog Pub and Brewery, which has been incredibly popular.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Do you know any? Ships out there that have a brewery on them, right now?
2: No, this yeah. is this this will be the first ship that has a brewery on board.
0: Yeah, they, they said the first North American ship, so I didn't know if like IATA or Costa or MSC had one somewhere in the world floating around. I just
2: I, I believe this 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 will be one. the first. The other ones they they actually bring the beer okay. on, but it's it's not made on the ship. Hmm. But okay. m- from my understanding, this is the first um, brewer, you know, first uh, ship that will have an actual brewery on board.
0: Uh, Port Canaveral is raising their parking fee, one dollar, effective in the next month. Uh, w- this is going to be—I uh, call this greed, but what do you call it?
2: Well, I mean, it's—it's it's just really kind of sticking it to the passengers. Mm-hmm. I mean, are they getting additional services for it? No. Um, you know, it's just you know, kind of another money grab. Uh, you know, t- to the passengers sailing out of out of Port Canaveral. And you know it's another seven day. You know it's another dollar a day. So seven days, you'll, you know, you don't really have much of a choice. And you know they're trying. I guess they're trying to help fund all their 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 terminal upgrades and new terminals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they get. I guess they're trying to come. You know, get the money from somewhere. And uh, apparently, you know, it could be uh, an additional nine hundred thousand dollars, but. You know, why stop there? Why not go for $2? Yeah, you have so, $1.8 million. I, I would so, tell
0: people that are driving into Port Canaveral to use an off-site lot. They're like half the price, or sometimes even cheaper than that, and they're closer to the cruise pier. Because I, I'm not a fan of the port commissioners down there at Port Canaveral. They try to screw the cruise passenger any way they can.
2: You know, and they, they claim that, hey, you know, you provide a really nice service. And if you're lucky, Doug, and I'm, I'm sure you're, you're, you're aware of it, uh, you know, they, they don't charge you extra for their ants you know there there are lots have had problems with uh ants being uh covering cars yeah. So make sure if you do park there, make sure you uh, don't leave any food or beverages behind.
0: Well, they say this uh, dollar parking increases a 90-day trial period, which I'm calling BS on. I'm sure it's, gonna, it's here to stay. Because, well,
2: well, who's going to stop them? Yeah,
0: it's, it's expected to bring in an additional almost a $1 million a year, 900000 that's, that's what I said.
2: So if they did $2, they can get uh, almost $2 million. Yeah,
0: $1.8 million. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the rich get richer. So from our News of the Weird segment, last week we talked about a guy suing Disney because he slammed his finger. In the door, this week it gets a little weirder. A cruise passenger tries to swim to a cruise ship that she missed. Uh, break this down for us.
2: Well, a uh, a British woman sailing on, uh, you know, the Marco Polo, um, thought that her husband was on the ship, and so she saw the ship leaving. So she, you know, ran out. Ran out after it, jumped in the water with her purse, fished out by some fishermen that uh, happened upon her. Um, But uh, essentially, what happened was she and her husband were both uh, scheduled to uh, depart there um, on a plane back to the UK. And uh, they had an argument, and for some reason, you know, she thought that, uh, you know, he was on the ship, so she decided to, you know, Swim after him, but what's interesting, Doug, is uh, if you're supposed to fly back to the UK with your wife, and your wife is not there, would would you get on the plane without her? Uh, I mean, it's very it's very strange. But the fact that uh, you know she jumped, you know she jumped into the ocean, attempted to swim after the ship, um, you know, and you know she did suffer. I guess uh, they're treating her for hypothermia, but uh, I think that uh, they need to. Uh, you know, check a few, th- you know, a few other things, and uh, maybe issue issue her a straitjacket along with a life preserver.
0: I I um, read where she was cl- she was clinched onto her purse, like so by so God, this I mean, is coming with me, fully yeah.
2: clothed with <laughs> her purse, and attempted to swim out uh, after a cruise ship after it was way out into the distance. Uh. But uh, yeah, that that this I mean, this is the first time I've actually ever heard of of something like uh, this this happening. I mean.
0: Well, there we go. In, uh, in closing here, we have a listener question. If you have a listener question you'd like to submit, shoot it over to me, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. We'll get it an answer for you by myself or Stuart. Uh, Stuart, this one is from Debbie. She says, she says, I booked through the cruise line and found a lower price on the same cruise on Expedia.com. Should the cruise line still honor the lower Expedia price?
2: No. I mean, essentially, you know, if you book through the cruise line— uh, the cruise line is not going to compete with itself on pricing. And this happens a lot. And this is another reason that we've talked that uh, there, there is no advantage to booking your cruise direct with the cruise line. Uh, it's a convenience for you, but uh, you have no one advocating for you uh, You know, in, in the cases of price drops or, or problems or issues. So uh, this, is, this is a perfect example of why you should book uh, your cruises uh, through a cruise agent.
0: Now, is this because companies like Expedia get, like, discounted prices because they book so much volume? I mean, why, are, why would they be Well, I mean, travel they-
2: agents have a, you know, a, a relationship, and the high-volume agents, um, you know, uh, companies, you know, have, uh, uh, you know, let, let's say relationships that uh, they, they can uh, seek out uh, to help mitigate these, these types of issues. Mm-hmm. So it's not uncommon that prices do drop. But uh, as you know, Royal Caribbean specifically is saying that uh, they are not, um, you know, wanting to honor lower prices closer to sailing, and they also don't want to drop their pricing closer to sailing. I mean, that's something that uh, they continue to say uh, in their earnings calls. I mean, they, they essentially you know prefer that the cabin goes empty than have to sell it at uh, at a steep discount.
0: Yep. All right. All right. We've been talking with Stuart on the cruise guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, man.
2: My pleasure. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network.
0: Park West makes us excited to spend money on art.
1: To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and
0: unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay, go for an island tour, take a beach break, or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have a review you'd like to share, shoot me an email, doug at cruiseradio.net. Mark is on the line. He just returned from Freedom of the Seas out there in Port Canaveral, Florida, and he joins us today. Hello, Mark. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for uh, being willing to share this review. Uh, Now, before we get to Freedom of the Seas itself, let's take a step back. And uh, what made you want to sail? Freedom of the Seas out of Port Canaveral.
1: We've been going on spring break cruises. This will be our fifth year now for my friend's birthday. Mm -hmm. And we looked for cheap cruises, basically. And we we booked them far in advance. We booked them about two years in advance. We get the best rates we can. And we really like the Freedom Class ships. So this is our fifth time in a row being on a Freedom Class ship.
0: Nice. Now, uh, you're up in just south of Pittsburgh, and you had to get to Florida for the ship. So, logistically, did you drive, fly? How'd you get down here?
1: We flew down, and we stayed the night at the residence inn.
0: Okay, cool. And then you went to uh, embark Freedom of the Seas, nice terminal over there in Port Canaveral. How was the embarkation process for you?
1: Oh, absolutely amazing. Terminal 1 is fantastic. I think it even gives Terminal 18 down in uh, Port Everglades a run for its money.
0: What would you say the embarkation time was from curb to ship? Well, we got
1: there early, so we had to wait before they actually started boarding. But the check-in process was maybe 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then once they started letting people on, it was was just a few minutes after that.
0: And uh, we'll get to your stateroom in just a minute, but you were in the Ben and Jerry suite. Did you have any kind of priority uh, boarding because of that?
1: No, it's just considered a regular promenade cabin. It's uh, not a full suite. Just uh, it gets a little bit of suite privileges, which I'll talk about later. Okay,
0: very nice. So, uh, you make your way onto Freedom of the Seas. How was uh, or what was your first impressions?
1: Well, we've been on Freedom of the Seas a couple times before, so it was it was like coming home. Mm-hmm. I like entering the ship, especially going up to the Royal Promenade, going to Sorrento's, having some pizza, and it was just very relaxing and really nice to get there especially early before the crowds show
0: up. Nice. Uh, were you one of the first people on board?
1: Yeah, we're diamond with Royal Caribbean, so we do get priority boarding.
0: Nice. Very cool. So uh, you make your way to your stateroom uh, and we know you had the Ben and Jerry suite, but what did you think of it?
1: I really liked it. It was fun. We walk in, and there's a cow motif all over the place with <laughs> with uh, white and black spotted uh, throws and And of course, outside of the promenade window, when we look out to the royal promenade, we get to see the back end of two cows that are sitting above the Ben and Jerry's ice cream shop.
0: <laughs> That's awesome now like is this sweet? I know that Royal Caribbean does do the Ben and Jerrys on board. Is there just one of these suites on the ship, or how does that work?
1: Yes, there's only one of these on each of the Freedom Class ships, so three in the entire fleet.
0: Gotcha. And uh, you mentioned there was uh, some sweet privileges. Uh, what did you have there?
1: Well, we get free ice cream from mm-hmm. Ben & Jerry's every day. Oh, cool. That's a nice little treat. Yeah. But the, the big privilege is that in exchange for us looking at cow butts all day long, <laughs> we get access to what they call the Cow Lounge, cow-sierge. which is basically the sweet lounge
0: nice Uh, i love the whole play on words with the sweet calciers uh they do a great job with that yeah yeah for sure uh what did you think of the cabin itself as far as space goes the outlets and all of that
1: it was very good outlets are of course minimal as they are in pretty much all cruise ship cabins Mm -hmm. but we have one of those uh, usb devices that lets us charge all the devices from one outlet so it's fine storage was good we had plenty of places to store all our stuff and it was it was great
0: Cool. So let's talk about dining aboard Freedom of the Seas. And we'll start at the top at the, uh, what's it called, the Windjammer?
1: That's right, the Windjammer Buffet.
0: Yeah. What did you think of the Windjammer Buffet and the food options uh, offered to you there?
1: It was very good. I I like the wide selection. I like how they have things broken down so there's not one massive line going through the entire buffet. You get to walk around and browse what section of the buffet you want to target for your food. But I really do appreciate the wide variety of selections they have.
0: Yeah. uh, How about the main dining room? What time dining did you have? We had my time dining and we
1: typically ate relatively early and the service there was fantastic. I think it was probably the best we've had in Royal Caribbean that I can recall. I think part of it was that the waiter kept pushing extra food onto our table. We'd see just extra entrees show up on our table say, here, have some of this, have some of this.
0: (laughs) Since you had my time dining, was there ever uh, a wait for you to get into the dining room or did you get to be seated instantly when you got there?
1: Two things that worked on our advantage is that we had reservations, mm-hmm. and we were eating early before the rush started. So we went straight in.
0: Okay, very nice. What was your favorite meal in the main dining room?
1: Probably like the shrimp gyoza, I think.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, did you do any specialty venues on board?
1: We did all of them.
0: Nice. Okay, we'll start at the uh, – my favorite, and it is the is – it, it's Chops, right? That's right, okay. Chops Grill. What did you think of that?
1: That was my favorite, too. We actually ate there twice during the week, and both times I got the surf and turf, the filet mignon with the lobster – And it's an extra charge for the lobster, but it was really, really worth it. The steak was absolutely fantastic. In fact, we went to a steakhouse here at home after I got back with the cruise, and I was disappointed. It wasn't as good as what we had on board.
0: (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Uh, How about – is it the Italian restaurant called Portofino's?
1: no portofino got taken out a few years okay. ago during our dry dock and is replaced by giovanni's table
0: there you go how was that
1: that was also very good again the waiter was pushing lots of food on our table so we had plenty of pasta and extra entrees to look at uh left there feeling stuffed of course
0: nice now uh so there is the steakhouse the italian restaurant uh anything else that I, did i miss anything
1: yeah the the new mexican restaurant yes. sabor how was that Actually, I didn't care for it as much. Uh, people have raved about it. And I was really looking forward to it to try some new things. And I think I made a bad choice on the menu because I got the barbecue, barbacoa tacos, and the barbecue flavor with the tacos didn't mix in my mm. mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see that. Uh, did you have any kind of dining plan?
1: No, we just booked the restaurants in advance separately.
0: Gotcha. Did you have to do those far in advance or did you do them while you were on board the ship?
1: We did them in advance. Not that far. Maybe uh, two months in advance,
0: I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Uh, Let's switch gears here and talk about entertainment aboard Freedom of the Seas. Of course, you got the Flow Rider there on the back, some really cool uh, stage shows. So uh, just give me your overall thoughts of the entertainment.
1: We didn't do the stage show since we had sailed on Freedom of the Seas before, and it's not my thing. I usually like to go for the bigger Broadway shows, which Freedom of the Seas doesn't have. Mm-hmm. But we did see the comedians, one of which was really good. The other was was okay. He had an adult show that we didn't go to, though. And otherwise, the music that was on board of the lounges was also good.
0: Cool. Did you uh, did you go on the Flow Rider at all?
1: not this time i'm forbidden to go on the floor <laughs> rider for my husband
0: gotcha and uh if i i was on that ship probably five or six years ago and i remember a boxing ring is that still there i think they took that out did they all right yeah. well that's a shame it's always fun to have a good boxing uh match with somebody uh how about it, music around the ship how was that
1: it was pretty good there wasn't as much live music as i remembered mm-hmm. uh one of the times we went down to Boleros to listen to some of the Latin music, and they went on they Said be back in ten minutes, and we waited half an hour. They didn't come back. <laughs> so that was that was disappointing.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. We'll be back in ten tomorrow <laughs> apparently that's <be laughs> exactly uh nice well let's talk about sea days because one thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves at sea both inside and outside of the ship and pre um oasis class ships freedom class ships were the biggest ships in the world so how was the passenger flow both inside and out on this
1: fantastic there was just no problem there we had no problems navigating on the outside plenty of room for people to enjoy the pool and all that and inside especially like through the royal promenade was just fine too
0: nice let's talk about the pool deck for a second uh with the ship holding so many people uh was there enough pool room and pool space out there for people who wanted to enjoy the pool and lounge as well from what i
1: could tell yes they do have the problem with the chair hogs as all the ships mm-hmm. do but other than that if you're willing to step away from the primary areas like right around the pool there's still plenty of place to get some good sun
0: cool and how about dining uh like as far as the buffet and all that goes on the sea days how was that
1: i didn't go to the buffet on the sea days we, we stuck to the main dining room those days
0: nice was that cr- uh, pretty well flowing as well
1: uh, we actually ended up going really, really late right before they closed and mm-hmm. it was no problem at all. We beat, we beat the rush on the other end.
0: Cool. And uh, you had a Western Caribbean itinerary. So what ports did you hit?
1: We had Labadee, which is Royal Caribbean's private island. We had Grand Cayman, Falmouth, Jamaica and Cozumel, Mexico.
0: Nice. So let's start at Labadee. What did you do there?
1: We got a cabana, and Mm -hmm. because we were in the Ben & Jerry suite, we did get the privilege of being able to get one of the Barefoot Beach cabanas, which is reserved for suite guests. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we just hung out there all day and hung out in the water with the floating mats and just relaxed.
0: Is Barefoot Beach uh, right when you get off the pier there and it's over to your right and it's kind of like secluded? Yes, that's right. Okay, very nice. And uh, you also said you went to Grand Cayman. What did you do there?
1: We did Stingray City and a couple snorkeling spots. Stingray City was good. We were in a smaller private excursion from Captain Marvin's, and that mm-hmm. worked out really well. We felt we had more personalized attention than we had previously with the ship excursion.
0: Yeah, well, talk to us about Stingray City. How, how was that experience? Because it can be it can be kind of freaky in there with those, um, those Stingrays. They scare the heck out of me. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's actually... Where the fun happened. And mm-hmm.
1: we got in the water and there weren't too many stingrays around. They picked one up and showed it to us. And then they brought out the squid, which we could feed the stingrays. Then they all started coming. And one of my friends with whom we were cruising got kind of freaked out and kind of jumped out of the water when they started swimming by her. <laughs> so that made it for a wonderful excursion.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I bet. Now, uh, you also did one of my favorite excursions in Cozumel. What'd you do there?
1: We did the Isla Passion by Twister ride, which is a uh, nice all-inclusive beach resort with a speedboat ride to and from the island.
0: That speedboat, I'm not gonna lie, it scared the heck out of me. I was I was bracing myself for that thing flipping over and like preparing to eject. Was it a, Was it a thrill for you?
1: It was. I wasn't sure what to expect. I was a little bit concerned that you're fully strapped in. I'm thinking, <laughs> if this boat flips over, there's no way I'm getting out of this. Oh. <laughs> but I have to say, it was absolutely wonderful. They, they did a few fast turns where you get completely splashed with the water. But they do have a place where they keep all your stuff dry, so you don't have to worry about when you get to the beach being completely soaked.
0: And that's the you take a slow boat back, right? No, it was the speedboat oh, back. Oh, to- okay. I, the one I did was like must have been a, a little this and that. because I did a speedboat going there and took like a catamaran back. And uh, what do you think of the island?
1: Oh, it was beautiful. The service there was fantastic, far better than I've ever had at an all exclusive beach before. And I'm looking forward to going back in October.
0: Yeah, very cool. Uh, do you have any first time tips for people who may be considering sailing Freedom of the Seas?
1: The best thing is really try and get involved. There's so much stuff in the cruise compass to do, and I find if you can get involved in those activities, you get to meet people, especially early on the cruise. And being able to run into those people again during the week really makes for a better cruise experience.
0: Do you do anything like the the meet and greets or the roll calls or anything before you sail?
1: Yes, I do participate in Cruise Critic.
0: Gotcha. And how how was that?
1: This time it was kind of slow. It wasn't as uh, busy as we've had some other ones.
0: Yeah, interesting. And I noticed that, um, well, there's so many out there now. There's like the Cruise Critic ones. There's the Facebook ones. There's the Shipmate app uh, has theirs now. It's like, which one do I go to? There's so many of them offered on (laughs) sailings these days. Okay, cool. Well, uh, in closing here, Mark, talk to us about your final thoughts of Freedom of the Seas.
1: I think she's a great ship. I think she may be my favorite in the Royal Caribbean fleet. And it was because of the Freedom Class that I became loyal to Royal.
0: Nice. There you go. Good plug there. We were talking to Mark. He just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas out of Port Canaveral, Florida. Mark, thanks for being on the show, my friend, and have a good evening.
1: Thank you. You're very welcome.
0: A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance?